What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me tonight is uh, somebody I've talked to plenty, but uh, is making his first appearance on the show. Tonight we have Alan. How's it going, Alan? Not too bad, Fred. Happy to join you. Yes, yes. Thank you for coming. So, see, listeners, this can be you someday. Um, Alan is solely responsible for this uh, quite popular episode, from uh, what I can tell, leading up to it. Uh, I think you just said something in passing a couple weeks ago. You were like, w- would you do a Castlevania show? <laughs> well, yeah, I wasn't sure if you'd done one yet, and I really enjoy Castlevania, and I figured if you hadn't, it'd be the perfect time, as it's Halloween, well, about Halloween, so right. figure get it on there, talk about it. Yeah, I uh, I'm I have not done one. Um, although I did do a huge series of reviews. So if you like my old thousand word plus diatribe reviews, then you can definitely check out most of the Castlevania series that we'll cover tonight uh, on Gaming History 101. Um, I think I did it as like a retrospective too. I think I even did a full blown retrospective. So I'm I'm no uh, stranger to the series, but uh, no, we've never done it in podcast. And since podcast is the most popular place to find us. Um, this is, this is good. This is happening. So, and, and being a fan, like I said, the, uh, that's kind of the hardest thing is I get a lot of people who either are like, oh, well, I, I guess I could do a show about that. Or you get hardcore fans and they're like, oh, no, no, I'm not, I, I don't want to be on the show. <laughs> so yeah. and you volunteered. I was like, yes. So, and you will actually, speaking of fan shows, you'll be coming back for probably the most popular show. And I think it's pretty awesome. I've, I've been hesitant to do a show about, Silent Hill or Resident Evil because I've done them before, but it doesn't seem people care. And I've never done like a more modern version. They were both dated shows. Um, and I only did Silent Hill too. And I did a pretty piss poor job of covering it, to be honest with you. Um, I screwed right. up some major plot points, which, uh, people have been kind enough to not bash me for, but have definitely pointed it out. <laughs> yeah. That, when you get into that Resident Evil fan base, as soon as you mess something <laughs> up, they go crazy sometimes. Yeah, I'm pretty good with Resident Evil. I don't think I've screwed anything up yet, and I've actually even played a lot of stuff that a lot of people haven't played of Resident Evil, like the Game Boy games and stuff. So, oh, right. Yeah, so we, we can talk about those, but Silent Hill, yeah, I was trying to, I lost my, uh, my spreadsheet of all my notes, and so I tried to retell the story of Silent Hill 2, which is relatively convoluted. Um, yeah, well, that, that's, that's a little bit of the, uh, easier one to tell if you're talking to somebody who's new to the series in the first place. Good point. You get into the first game and then it's just, you're like, I don't even know how to explain this to you. Yes, exactly. Um, in fact, I'm replaying the first one right now. Um, and I forgot all the crazy stuff. Um, but this time I'm doing the side quests, like the drug side quest. And uh, yeah. the other one, I'm trying to get the good plus, and then I might even try to get the UFO ending because it actually doesn't take too long to get that ending. Um, yeah, no, that that actually makes the game just a bit shorter. Yeah, I'm quite surprised with how short Silent Hill was. I, I couldn't remember, um, but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I'm burning through it quick. So yeah, uh, but well, anyway. and it helps when you know where to go and what to grab and yeah, and you know what? I feel like I wasn't too comfortable with the whole map system. Until playing like two and three really kind of gets you accustomed to it in a hardcore way. And so right. you're, you're better capable of, you know, retroactively going back. So, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, we will be, uh, you'll be coming on to discuss that. 
Um, and we'll be doing that one in two weeks uh, with another special guest. But I will wait to – I've kind of mentioned them, but I'll wait to announce them when when they come on. But uh, But that'll be fun. Yeah, looking forward to that one as well. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, uh, Castlevania. I guess we'll we'll jump right into it. Haven't had really any feedback. I got one that I thought was feedback, so I guess I'll throw it out there. Um, I think it was a spam thing though, because it was like a code generator for Steam points. So, uh, for the website that was associated with the username, and I was like, man, I gotta boot you off here till you can change that uh, link. I don't want to be linking to no Steam point sites. Um, but yeah. They said that, have I thought about diversifying my content? And uh, they said they wanted to see more videos, which makes sense. And I'm going to be working on doing more videos, uh, maybe even doing a video to a company each kind of article. But they also said a lot more pictures and a lot less text. So I'm curious to hear what you guys think about that. I usually keep my reviews about 500 words and about three pictures. Do we need more pictures and do we need less text is the curious thought. But perhaps they were reading my old 1,200-word 2500 word reviews you know (laughs) well there's nothing wrong with reading i mean that's how you develop or you know absorb more of the information than just looking at some pictures a single screenshot of anything doesn't say a whole lot whereas you know when you read something you get a better idea of what's going on this and that yeah i mean and the the other thing is uh um i do my own screenshots like i get them um, myself. Okay, yeah. So that can be difficult to do at times. That's yeah. why I get criticized a lot for having many screenshots from early into games, because unless I think about it while I'm, uh, Oh, people want me to get drunk. Um, well, I'll talk about that <laughs> in a sec. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, be, besides that, if I think about taking them cool, or if I do a video or something, sometimes I videotape my playthrough and then never use it, but I just videotape it anyway. Um, I can work with that, but, uh, yeah, so that makes it hard. Uh, plus I am, terrible with um uh I, i'm terrible with uh drawing and art and animation so that's why i don't think i would ever be like a magazine layout designer or anything so so but uh well thank you for those of you in the chat giving some feedback i will keep that in mind and you can always send me more feedback history 101com forward slash contact so um all right. Well, Alan, I don't want to waste the uh, massive amount of money we spent on you and not uh, have you uh, and not have you put to use. So I think we should just jump right into Castlevania, unless there's anything else you want to say. I think that sounds fantastic. All right, solid. Um, so let's get started. Now, most of the time, um, you know, I have like a crazy retrospective, lots of things to talk about, various things like that. Um, but I think what's really cool about Castlevania, um, known better as Akumajo Dracula or Devil's Castle Dracula, which if you don't know about Nintendo's anti-religion rules in America would never fly over here. Um, until you get to the later games, there's really not much to say about the development. It was pretty straightforward uh, Konami property. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, they all seem to come out, you know, fairly, like, in line with each other where there's not, like, a whole lot of space where they take plenty of time for development because, I mean, there's not a lot of text you got to read, none of that. It's simple, straightforward gameplay, so. Yeah, I mean, for for lack of a better, you know, circumstance i mean this could for all intents and purposes kind of castlevania could kind of be considered the uh the uh the call of duty of the nintendo era um where uh you know i know people may have differing opinions but they were just very addictive they sold very well 
Um, and as we'll see, actually, this is where it differs from Call of Duty. It definitely pushes the hardware of any platform it's on. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think that's all what's... The, all the moving sprites and, and sometimes big bosses. Oh, yeah, and the like music. That. Oh, the music. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, live, guys, I'm sorry. There's Aside from the awesome metal that the other listeners don't get, uh, you're not going to get to hear any of that music, but it will be in post. So feel free to... Uh, to check it out at that time. But um, so without further ado, we'll jump into 1986 on the Famicom uh, uh, in Japan and then obviously in America on uh, on the NES, uh, which nope. it wouldn't come to America till 87, May 87, but, um, but pretty close. Um, and it premiered in late September 86 in Japan was uh, <clears throat> Akumajo Dracula or uh, Castlevania. Uh, told the story of Simon Belmont. Um, basically, I mean, for lack of a better term, I would say fighting the universal monsters. <clears throat> Pretty much Dracula, Frankenstein. Frankenstein, the mummy. Wolfman never in there, but Grim Reaper, I'll take him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that and Medusa. Oh, yeah, Medusa. Medusa. Yes, they mixed in a little uh, Clash of the Titans in there for us. Yeah, um, but, a little uh, bit of Greek and... Universal monster galore. Yes. Um, so, and I mean, I think that premise right there, I don't know about you. Alan, did you play this when it first came out? Not when it first came out. I, I wasn't born until 87, so oh, wow. I didn't okay. actually get to this till about probably 91. Oh, that's fair. Uh, that's uh, that's roughly when Castlevania 3 slash 4 came out, so both of those are, are tempting places to start. But Castlevania is pretty timeless. Like, I think it holds up even today. It, it does. I, I actually like before I got my NES again. I would play it on the emulator, but it's actually the first three were games that I had never actually beaten on the NES. A lot of other games I did. Castlevania always got me, especially um, right after you beat Frankenstein, and you're in the level going up to face death and like in the final hallway, you have all the ax armor and Medusa heads. Yes. And it's freaking impossible <laughs> because every time you jump, you get hit, you get knocked back. Well, then you get smacked in the face with an ax or two. You just, it's damn near impossible. Yes. It's uh, it's definitely, I would say Castlevania probably holds a candle is some of the hardest games. Castlevania 2, and when we get to that, we'll discuss its part. But uh, I wouldn't say it's hard from a gameplay standpoint, but it's just yeah. so damn mean for another reason that that's why a yeah. lot of people didn't pass it unless uh, unless you knew uh, some of the tricks. But, um, but yes, uh, uh, the original Castlevania, you know, I mean, it was an easy sell for me when I was playing games. 1987 is when... Uh, I got an NES, and I think I'm probably along with a lot of other people. That was the Christmas where you paid ninety nine ninety nine for the NES. You got Mario and Duck Hunt, um, and you got uh, the Zapper and two controllers. And so Castlevania was an easy tag-on. Plus, it was very hard to find when it first came out. I remember a friend of mine who kind of got all the Nintendo games when they like as they came out, and I remember him getting like Rygar and Double Dragon and games like that, Kung Fu. And uh, he couldn't find Castlevania, uh, which we don't talk about too often. But uh, back in those days, man, there were no pre-orders. There was no release dates. You just ran to the Toys R Us and prayed it was there. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Nintendo was not making it any easier, and it'll only get harder with the chip shortage that starts in 88. But, uh, but yeah, so there was that. But yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where when you heard about it on the, on the playground, man, like you would swear there was blood in it. You, there wasn't, but you would swear there was. You know, it was like, oh, you're fighting all these monsters, and, you know, kind of as Alan said, you know, I mean, literally in order, there's a giant bat who is probably the redheaded stepchild of the Castlevania bosses. Um, they they kind of fade him out after the third game. Um, but then Medusa, twin mummies, not just one mummy, but twin mummies. Yep. Uh, Frankenstein's monster with the Igor on the shoulder and the Igor character, um, which looks completely different outside of America, um, would uh, would stand as one of the most annoying characters, I think, in the series. But I think the series is plagued with annoying characters that we somehow tolerate. I don't know. Would you agree with that? Yeah, actually. Well, what... With the Igor character, when you're facing Frankenstein, like you can freeze Frankenstein in spot with the holy water, but you hit Igor with holy water, he just keeps bouncing around throwing fireballs at you. Yeah. So you have to be crafty in order to defeat the both of them together, or you can whip the shit out of <laughs> Frankenstein and Igor will die. <laughs> yes, yes, if you can manage to take out Frankenstein, but he is kind of the tank to Igor's... Uh... Assault class, I guess I would say. I don't know. I'm, I don't know why I'm likening everything to first-person shooters today, but uh, you know, every show's got some weird theme that I that I hold true. <laughs> I think it's because I'm wondering what came in the mail. Two, uh, real quick, a uh, little inside baseball, but two uh, two boxes from video game companies came in the mail today, but I don't know who they are. I just know the uh, PR firm, and so I'm wondering what interesting review copies are coming and there's some some stuff on the horizon obviously but i'm wondering what's what's here but i rushed home and i'm doing this instead of opening those up so i'm going to keep the secret alive for a little while there you go but, but yeah and then there's the grim reaper so you had said that uh, you basically got stuck uh basically in that final run to frankenstein's monster and igor and if you died on these now i'm trying to remember in castlevania one if you died did you go back to the beginning of that sequence or if you died on the boss did you actually get to restart at the boss if if you died and you had more than just your one life you could start in that uh room right before the boss for igor and frankenstein okay but if you use your continue then you start at the beginning of the level yes and that was that was indicative of this game and Frankly, uh, all the NES ones and probably Super Castlevania. I can't remember off the top of my head. Super Castlevania Four, shall I say? But, um, but yeah, I mean, and leading up to here, uh, well, actually, I'm sorry, I'm bouncing all over the place, Alan. But I did want to take a step back because we haven't talked about the signature move or weapon for Simon Belmont, uh, our protagonist. He is a known vampire hunter of the Belmont clan, who have been trying to kill Dracula. Um, and am I correct that Castle, I think Castlevania is the, it's just Simon Belmont hunting Dracula in the first one. Okay. Cause they kind of yeah. bounce around as the sequels continue, but, um, but, uh, and he's got a whip and I think the whip was probably one of the single most coolest weapons back in the NES era. Um, especially how his works, it's kind of a leather whip at, at the first onset and you kind of see a hint of that. Uh, on the box cover. The box cover kind of has him standing in front of Castlevania. Dracula's kind of in the background smiling at him in the clouds. And and Belmont's sitting there kind of like a buff Fabio with a big old whip whipping around. Um, 
and uh, and as you collect, uh, you you knock out candles, statues, various other things, but mostly those. Um, and you collect uh, in the first game. I'm trying to remember. I guess it was just kind of like a little it icon of the like, whip. But it was, to me, it kind of looked like a bow, the way it yeah. was shaped, because it it, it kind of looked like a like a weird looking D, but it looked kind of like a bow. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I will agree with you there. Um, and you couldn't tell if it was like bow with arrow or crossbow. I, I remember not knowing what it was when I first grabbed it, but what it did yeah. was it put a mace at the end of the the whip. And then mm-hmm. when you got a second one, there was a second power up state. The whip would get longer and it would like kind of flash in this interesting flicker effect that Nintendo games could do. And it never really emulates too well, but I think it did with Castlevania where it would just kind of flash different colors. Think of like the sword that shoots out of Link's sword. If you've got full heart containers in Legend of Zelda, it kind of flashed. Um, yeah, but what's funny is if, if you throw the whip and if you pause the game at the right time, like certain times you'll see one color, certain times you'll see another color. It yes. kind of depends, like, on your timing for pausing it. But, yeah, you can see those colors in effect. And if you're someone like me and you capture retro games on a computer, so you kind of put in, like, the settings as to, um, you know, what uh, what you're going to – what frame rate you're going to capture at, you see some very interesting effects, like the whip never changes color <laughs> because it's in the same beats with the uh, capture card. So – uh, yeah, it was very interesting. Um, I just realized this, and I'm sorry for not saying anything. Uh, Finian, I wanted to say hi. I see you in there. So, uh, so it's cool to see him. Uh, he's from Japan. He's one of our Japanese listeners. So, awesome. So yeah, it's very cool. Um, but, uh, and Tiger Claw is talking about Captain N's Simon Belmont, which was a horrible narcissistic dimwit, uh, who I don't associate with Simon Belmont. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, but yes, he was a quite amusing character, and I do like Captain N for the record. But, um, yeah, you are correct. Uh, so, uh, some of the signatures of Castlevania do include the whip. Um, it's kind of an action platformer where you're taking characters out, but there is a lot of jumping and pits involved, <laughs> especially in those later stages where it's straight up mean. Um, yeah. and, uh, and also when you get hit, trying to think of oh i think ninja gaiden's also guilty of this when you get hit you fly backwards yeah. which can make your and, uh in uh in the fifth level there after you beat uh, the two mummies you ride those little platforms over the water and you yes. know you're just like please god no merman jump into me i'll be so pissed <laughs> yeah like every every level and we'll kind of delve into them a little bit uh without doing like walkthroughs but every level did have, um, you know, kind of whenever you'd have to platform, there would specifically be something there that was geared to make simple platforming. And really the game did have simple platforming quite difficult, um, because there were things constantly trying to hit you while you were doing your jump. And once you jumped even more so than say Mario, Mario was kind of loose. Like you'd commit to a direction, but you could kind of change his velocity Simon Belmont had to commit. Wherever he was going, he was going to get there, and the whip was your only way to kind of save your butt, so to speak, um, yeah. or have a quick reaction time. And the whip could only whip one way, straight ahead. So that was another thing that that kind of, um, you know, a lot of people have said this before me, I think the Retronauts even did, had the whip been able to fly in all directions, which we'll see in Super Castlevania 4, it actually makes the game, it probably would have made the game a bit too easy. 
Uh, it definitely would have made uh, some of the more hated enemies much easier, such as Medusa heads or uh, yeah. Igor to that to that effect. Yeah, that's um, true. I, I I could see that. So. And the game is guilty of one of the earliest uh, problems that we see today in games, which is you had a special weapon. Uh, you would press up and B, and it would unleash the special weapon, whereas pushing no direction and B would whip. Um, and uh, of those weapons, there were things like axe, an axe that would fly in a huge rotation. There was holy water, which we talk about a lot, because when it hit the ground, it would create like a flame and had a stun effect on most characters. Um, there was the, the, the knife or the dagger, which I hated because every time, I mean, it was somewhat useful, but it was always the most common weapon. It seemed to not be something I liked. It was only useful for things in front of you. And sometimes not even then. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Um, and then there was the stopping time, the clock, the stopwatch, which seemed cooler than it was. (laughs) Yeah. It only worked for some enemies, other enemies. It just, they kept they kept on going. <laughs> yeah, and I think only Medusa, right? Medusa and the Bat were the only bosses it affected, right? Am I correct? Uh, maybe not. I remember. I always just killed Medusa with holy water. Yes, yes, and we'll talk about that too. That's kind of the solution for most of the bosses is toss yeah. holy water at them. Um, oh, and then there was the boomerang. And because your special moves are limited based off of a, a, a number of hearts you have, um, they become finite, and as a result, uh, the boomerang, if it would go out and then it would come back. And if you could catch it, you would get your hearts back. And so I remember that being a pivotal part of the game design as well. Um, also, Simon Belmont did not die after getting hit once, which was indicative of most games of the era. Much like Ninja Gaiden would later do, he had a life bar. So, um, and so did his bosses. So you always knew exactly how close to death you were and how close to death your boss battles were. Most other enemies died in one hit, save for, uh, anything that was skeletal. Uh, well, I guess skeletons were one hit, but yeah, basically there are snakes and these like two dual headed fireball shooting statuettes. And those took few hits to take out strategic game. I think. I think those in the axe armor took the most. Oh yeah, axe armor. Forgot about them. I think those are the brunt of the uh, attackers that take more damage than anything other than bosses. Yeah, and uh, oh, um, Freddy's asking about the uh, about the uh, uh, the religious stuff. Uh, was the Bible not in the NES games? The Bible was not in. Uh, home NES games. You may be thinking of Bible Adventures and various other ones done by. Uh, Wonder Tree, I think it was, or Learning Tree, one or the other. They actually did um, carts that were unlicensed by Nintendo. They used, uh, I think they used the Zap technology to actually work on the Nintendo uh, and, and bypass the NES-10 piracy chip uh, or license chip. And uh, the the overall consensus is the reason no Nintendo never took action was... How terrible would it be in our puritanical country to uh, have the big bad Japanese company overseas sue a, uh, sue a uh, religious group for making Bible video games? Um, I, I really believe that's why they never took action. Even Howard Lincoln knew better than to mess with that. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but you can see it, right, Alan? Like you could see why Nintendo wouldn't want to mess with you know the socio political ramifications of Catholicism and Christians in this country. Yeah. Just weird to me, though. Yeah. 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 
Uh, Keep I, it out I, of my video games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, and, and you're right. I mean, there was never really any Republican or Democratic games, I don't think. I mean, in terms of actual politics, but uh, who knows? I guess Mule, to a certain extent, works. But um, but back to Castlevania. Um, and, yeah, the enemy types don't really change game after game for a while. Um, and they're all kind of still there with most of the games we'll discuss tonight. Um but, you know, basically they were like if they fit in a horror movie, you were good. I mean, there were zombies. There were uh, mermen, as you discuss. Very early on, there are mermen. Um, yeah, straight away from the first level, they they have them. They don't show up again until the fifth level, though. Yes, in the underground caves. So, yeah, I guess uh, I'll point that out, too. Kind of another cool thing about Castlevania was you literally walked through the castle. Like, you even got a, a map. You know, kind of it was a basic map, but it showed you kind yeah. of how you were trekking through the castle. Um, so, and I think level five is when you're in the catacombs underneath the castle, uh, yep, I believe. With all the water, and then you walk up the stairs to a little path where birds drop mermen, or, uh, fleamen on you. Oh, yes, yes, they <laughs> do. Which, they look like goblins, I think, in, uh, Japan. They have a very different animation. It's very interesting. Hmm. But, uh, but, but yeah, um... So there's there is that. Uh, another thing is we can't talk about Castlevania if we're not talking about stairs, the dreaded uh enemy of the 8-bit D-pad. Up and yeah. right was uh you held your breath and prayed that it registered. Um and probably one of aside from difficulty, the biggest reasons you'll you'll want to possibly pay, play Castlevania with save states. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that's the only way that I actually I, I did actually beat death at one point, but that was all thanks to emulation and save stating through that last hallway there right up to death. <laughs> yeah, you know, I kind of cheat sometimes, too. Uh, I, I did beat Castlevania once when I was a kid, and I think I, there is somewhere out there uh, a, uh, um, a a Polaroid of it. Because remember, that's what we had to do. You had to run and grab a Polaroid. Well, maybe you didn't have yeah. to. I think we were beyond that. But uh, but yeah, in the Nintendo days, you ran and grabbed a Polaroid and took a picture of the screen real quick. Uh, <laughs> you you mailed it in, tried to get your high score in Nintendo Power. Um, there's probably a vault of you know cellophane Polaroids that Nintendo Power collected of uh, high scores and end of games. But um, but yes. Um, but we'll talk about the ending in in, in a minute. But uh, yeah, the stairs were terrible. Uh, I don't think anyone's really gotten them down. Um, they work best on an old NES with an old NES gamepad. Um, but uh, they are somewhat tolerable depending on your joystick and or D-pad that's on any PC for emulation. I definitely wouldn't recommend it with an Xbox 360 controller if you're sane in the least. Um <laughs> And Wii Virtual Console did not – the Wiimote and the Classic Controller didn't really do too good a job either, as I learned trying to play through uh, Akumaju Densetsu on my uh, – which is Castlevania 3 on my uh, Japanese Wii. Uh, I'm having major problems with level one, <laughs> but uh, in the church. Uh, but, oh, okay. uh, but yeah. So the stairs could be quite a bear. Um and I think in the first game, you could be knocked off the stairs. Like, if you get hit while you're on the stairs, you fly off the stairs. I know in the third game, you don't. So it, it, it could be either way. Um, but, uh, but yeah, some of the uh, some of the enemies that Alan was mentioning that I think we should definitely mention are, number one, probably most hated enemy, the Medusa Head. 
God, yes. <laughs> they had a, yeah, I don't know what to call it, maybe a wave pattern or an S pattern or like, like think of peaks and valleys. They would kind of rotate yeah. up and then rotate down and you'd have to really get not only the timing of them because they spawned infinitely, kill them all you like, they just keep coming. Um, you had to really get your timing down and, uh, you can expect these characters to show up about anywhere there's a pit. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times, like if you're just standing up while they come at you, you can progressively duck under them. That's usually how right. they go. Like if you jump, they'll, they'll spawn in higher. If you duck, they'll spawn in lower. So oh, that's true. It, yeah. It's a lot of times, you know, you have to be right in that sweet spot where they don't, where they won't hit you if you're not moving. And then you can you can bypass them a little bit easier, but yeah, anytime there's a pit, you're pretty much screwed. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, they will go on to be the most hated um, uh, characters. And I should probably reiterate uh, because Medusa is a boss, and she is nothing like these characters. I guess I'll call them Gorgon heads because I guess because of God of War, that's a thing still. People now know what you mean again when you say Gorgon heads. Um, True. they're also not capable of turning you into stone in this iteration. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that. Um, yeah. and then you have discussed probably my, my second most hated enemy, which is the, uh, the, uh, the armor. What are they called? Axe, Axe armor. armor. Yes. Which is kind of like a, uh, think of a plate of armor coming to life with a, Large axe, <laughs> and uh, and they they have extended hit points as a result, um, and they kind of charge back and forth. But I think they do in most cases, don't they walk the full length of like the platform they're on? Uh, sometimes in that last hallway before death, like they'll move back and forth a little bit, throwing axes above and below. So sometimes you have to attack them. Sometimes you have to like jump over them and make sure they don't hit you on the way back. Right. Much like the boomerang effect, uh, this yeah. worked twofold for them. And probably my most hated character, because they evolve the most as we go through the Castlevania games. <laughs> they they continually upgrade, whereas the Medusa heads remain kind of the same nuisance across the board. Axe yeah. armor doesn't change too much until the fourth game, but from the fourth game on, they really do get newer, more annoying versions until the pinnacle, where there's just literally like ten different versions of it in Symphony of the Night. Uh, (laughs) And uh, they're all terrible, but you've got a dash backwards effect, which uh, definitely makes Alucard a little bit more diverse than Simon Belmont. Um, So, I don't know, are there, uh, and then, um, you know, there are other enemies in the game, some of which we've mentioned. Are there any other enemies you wanted to? Oh, the mermen, we should point out, they're underwater, they leap up, they're very easy to kill, they're pretty patternistic, but because they're random, uh, again, you're kind of holding your breath with each, uh, <laughs> each time you kind of cross over water with, uh, with a gap underneath. Yeah, well, also, you know, with like, in the later iterations, when you can actually, when water, technology evolved like in symphony of the night you actually see them underwater whereas when you're playing in the first one you know you just have pixelated blue water blocks and so you don't know whether they're going to jump up right under you or not very good and also <laughs> uh the game cheats i don't know if you guys know this but nintendo cheats nintendo cheats oh, there i said it i'm i'm good i'm good. um but <laughs> um <clears throat> and then there are the ever-loving bosses so um <clears throat> Again, this is one of those games where you get the super move that's usually best suited for the boss. 
um, right before you get to the boss. I think this ends right around the mummies. I think the mummies is the last time this happens. Um, but you, uh, with the giant bat, who basically is just that. He's a giant bat. He kind of flies around. He's pretty easy to avoid. He's pretty easy to hit. Um, you get the axe right beforehand, which is probably the best way to handle him. Yeah, well, especially because there's a uh, block, there's a number two block right in, right around in his area that you can get, so you can throw two axes at once. Yes, that's right. There is the two and the three, which allow you to do two or three of any one weapon at once, which uh, three holy water is definitely what you need going into death if you plan to beat him. Uh, yeah. At least that's, that's the universal, <laughs> uh, you know, all my friends and me together on the uh, playground consensus of that, how, how that was supposed to go. Um, and, and, and it comes with a little luck. You need to pray that death is right there when you throw it or else you're screwed. <laughs> right. Or that like, if even one frame gets through and you get hit, yeah, he can be pretty hard to trace down again. And his sky or scythe, does I want to say a third or a fourth of your life bar damage? Like he's not fun uh, on a good day. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Next up was Medusa. Medusa was hard till you knew how to. Uh, basically, like you said, um, holy waters are no problem if you haven't died yet and you still got the two. Uh, you should be pretty good. I don't think you get the three till the third level. Um, but uh, uh, there is also a stopwatch. She's pretty tolerable with a stopwatch in that she doesn't move. Uh, but the stopwatch uses a lot of hearts, so beware. She'll be pretty hard to, to beat uh, in full. Um, mummies are mummies. They just have a lot of hit points. There's two of them. They're on opposite sides of you. Uh, I think they give you the boomerang for this, which for obvious reasons you can see that being useful. You stand up, you throw the boomerang, then you duck down and you attack one or the other while the boomerang does its work. They throw little strips of paper at you, which can be you know, detrimental. <laughs> This sounds, it's more threatening than it sounds, I guess I would say. Yeah, um, what, what sucks is if you if you die before you get to them, then all you get is the dagger. So, that's true. That's so, probably why I hate it. <laughs> technically, if you can last through the whole level without dropping in a pit because of crows or something like that, then you might be okay. But if you fall in a pit or a skeleton kills you or something, then, yeah, you have to go through that with a dagger. The nice thing is, though, is there is some uh, meat in that little area in the – right after you come through the room, it's the second block on the bottom. Uh, oh, yeah. You can, go, you can go get some meat in there if you're having a little bit of trouble. Yeah, and, and for people nowadays who haven't played these games, uh, feel free to go look up where these secrets are. We learned about them because we had Nintendo Power or, like, you know, you heard from a friend or somebody showed you while you were playing the game. I, I would hardly consider them spoilers now. Um, or you're just randomly you're li- whipping shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the meat does refill your life in full, which can be a godsend in many cases. Or maybe not in full. Yeah, not in but- full. Uh, most of the time it's... If you're sitting about half, it'll be full. If you're not, it'll be you'll have you'll be missing two or three blocks. Gotcha. Um, and then next up was Frankenstein Monster and Igor. We've kind of delved into it. Uh, is there anything more you want to say on him? I mean, I feel that's really a game of attrition. Can you dodge and get lucky enough with Igor while also pounding into Frankenstein? It, it's essentially just throw throw holy water so he doesn't move and dodge the shit out of Igor while hitting did- them if you can. Right, right. What I did like about this boss battle was it fully accepts the reality that they, because of technical limitations, could not extend his life bar. And without Igor, 
he is just a boring boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Without Igor, he would have been, I mean, literally there's no, no challenge. So. Right. And he's too pivotal or sorry, pivotal to really be, be before these, you know, before any of the other bosses. Yeah. So I like that. Also technically makes, uh, you know, I mean, if we want to get real technical here, uh, Frankenstein's monster was not bad. It just wanted to love and give flowers to little girls. So you're a terrible, terrible person for killing him. <laughs> um, and Igor was just a natural mutant. So, you know, I mean, way to pick on the little guys here. But uh, next up, you fight Death. Death is a hardcore reoccurring character. And he is um, the coolest and the most annoying character I think I've battled in every single freaking <laughs> Castlevania game, like hands down. Yeah. Um, he, he progressively starts looking better as you yes, get he does. Through, through the other games. But yeah, he when it comes to actually fighting him, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> good luck. He's, he's a bitch. <laughs> I don't like him. Um, he's... Uh, He's definitely my least favorite. He's the part where I start to sweat when I'm playing Castlevania. Right. Because this might be where I get stuck for me. Um, usually I'm pretty good with the rest. I, I've, I've found a, a manageable world with Igor and Frankenstein's monster. And unless I'm having a bad night, I can usually get to the Reaper with at least one life and, and make it work. But again, I've lost my strongest tactic. Um, which is the holy water. But with the holy water and some luck, I can usually pound through that pretty quick. Um, then you've got the final level, uh, which is brutally hard, I should point out. Yeah, because you and go then, across that, that bridge there at the beginning with three of those giant yeah. bats chasing you. <laughs> yes and yes. Um, and... Uh, and uh, I will say, uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, you're you're going across like a bridge. Uh, the there are these platforms we haven't talked about yet, where when you jump on them, they rotate, um, yes. and you get into an area where it's almost it's it's you're platforming each of those with Medusa heads. So basically, every time you jump, you have to immediately get back in the air because it's going to drop you. Um, and then there's some other. Uh, there's definitely some some armor. There's some staircases that make me a little weak in the knees. And then if you get through all that, you can go to Dracula, who has three forms, and you have to beat all three forms in order to win the game. And I, ne okay. I never actually made it even through the first one. That <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I'm trying to remember his first form. I think he had fireballs or something come up out of the ground that he tossed at you or something. Yeah. Um, and then he becomes a bat, like a huge mutant bat thing. Um, which has a, actually a really easy pattern. And then the third one is just mean where he like flies up into the corner and like either dashes down at you or shoots stuff. And, uh, again, I, I beat it once when I was like 10 and I remember, uh, already having a Genesis dropping to my knees. This is something I will do with many tough boss battles in my lifetime. I will literally drop to my knees when I'm done because I have been standing up. I'm a standing gamer in tough spots. And I've been on tippy toes because I'm so stressed that my legs literally give out once they realize they have muscles still. You know? <laughs> um, but I remember dropping down and then uh, screaming for my sister to go get the Polaroid and taking a picture of it. After that, without save states, I can't beat this game. Like, I've tried many times, even recently, and I, I can't do it. Yep, I can not... always just get up to that last hallway before death. <sighs> it's brutal. Uh-huh. Um, the chat's somewhat likening it to Demon Souls. Um, 
I guess. <laughs> uh, or, oh, sorry, I, in terms of difficulty, let me take it back. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, I would say this is harder than Demon Souls or Dark Souls, uh, having not played Dark Souls yet, but. The funny thing is, is I've beaten Dark Souls and okay. that's on my own. You know, a lot of nice. people, a lot of people have friends that help them through a couple mm-hmm. of those bosses, but no, I finished that one on my own. And then the second time around, I had my sister help me with, uh, two of the major pains that you will really enjoy. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I've got the, I bought the special edition day one on PS3, but I have not, uh, I've done nothing more than, uh, redeemed my codes for the special edition digital content. But, well, uh, if you need somebody to play with, I will, I'll totally get down on that with you. I, yeah, I love you. I'll let you know. I, uh, I, I need to see. I'm, I'm like halfway through Demon's Souls and I kind of really dig that game. I know that the two are like similar but different games. So. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, again, they do kind of are akin to one another, although I would argue Demon's Souls and Dark Souls harkens back to days when we did stuff like this. Um, but, uh, oh yeah, um, Freddie in the chat is saying uh, tornado teleports. That's that was another thing he did. He would show up right where you were standing. I remember that too. Um, but uh, but yeah, Castlevania one, bitch of a game. But we all like played it a ton and and loved it. I remember that. You no matter how many times I'd get to that last area, I'd, it's one of my favorites on the Nintendo, right next to Gremlins two. Ooh, and good one. I I will play it forever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but I'm uh, at uh, I'm going to the Walker Stalker convention, uh, uh, November first, which is kind of like a horror convention, Walking Dead convention, and Zach Galligan's going to be there, and I'm going to have him sign a oh. uh, copy of Gremlins Two on the NES and uh, sell it off for uh, for uh, Child's Play. So that's awesome. Yeah. So. Uh, so that that'll be pretty cool. Um, I guess I have to pay if I want uh, personal signatures. So I, I don't think I'm going to do that. I've never never wanted to pay a celebrity for stuff. But however they want to make their money, I can't really judge either. So I don't want to screw up the whole system. Right. But uh, hope. But they did say they would sign for free for charity. So that's so cool. I, I'm cool with that. I think we'll come to an agreement that I can say I got the signature and I do something good for someone. So. Um, but yeah, uh, there were many versions of this game. Um, for the most part, they were just complete remakes of the same game. There was the NES version. Uh, there was a Versus version. Are you familiar with the Nintendo Versus systems on arcades? No. They were intentionally like super hard versions of a game made to play two-player competitive. And uh, that's uh, that's what Castlevania was. You guys were put into this super tough version of uh, the opening of Castlevania. Um, Haunted Castle, which we'll talk about in a second, is the arcade version of Castlevania. And uh, many say that the earliest version of Haunted Castle was this versus version. Um, and, uh, well, it's tough as hell. Uh, you can play it on emulators if you're interested. It runs under a, a Nintendo emulator, and the versus version is pretty easy to find. You don't have to do MAME or anything. Um, you have to check that out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's short, uh, and it's definitely better if you've got two people, um, because otherwise you'll just play player one and two. Uh, when you play it on the Nintendo, it's past the controller though, whereas uh, it, it did both at the same time on the play on the uh, tent versus. Um, they did release a uh, IBM compatible version, Commodore sixty four, and Amiga version. Those are all pretty much the same. Um, and. Uh, 
And then, of course, it, it did get its Game Boy Advance re-release, and then it's on the Virtual Console, uh, both for the Wii and 3DS. So you can check them out there. So, um, but there were a couple of offshoot versions, and uh, Alan, I'm not sure if you've played them. The first one uh, is something probably only Finian knows about. It's uh, on the MSX, the uh, Microsoft, the MSX2, I think, the Microsoft uh, computer, microcomputer. Uh, it came out in America, but it was it wasn't very popular, and I don't think we ever got the game. Um, but uh, it did come out in Japan and Europe, uh, called Vampire Killer, uh, which was kind of a, a European known name for Castlevania. Um, and it's kind of interesting. Have you ever played the Goonies one on no, uh, NES or anything? No, I, I uh, only played Goonies two unless right. that's what that one is. I don't know. No, Goonies two is uh is a sequel to a game we never got in America either. I should okay. point out Goonies one was only in Japan as well. Um, but it's it's a puzzle game because the MSX couldn't do scrolling very well. Uh, they are levels from the original Castlevania, but they're confined to small areas that basically scroll either not at all or very little. And your goal is to find a key in the area, which will unlock a door, kind of like you get when you beat a level or a section of a level in Castlevania. They would let uh-huh. you move on to the next quote unquote level. And then there were boss fights and stuff. It's actually a very cool version of the game. Again, at this point, you're talking emulation only. Um, I don't even believe it came out, because uh, I looked at the MSX games that are on the Japanese Virtual Console for the Wii, which I'm sure nobody listening to this is any interest in going to pick up. Um, and I don't even think it's on there. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's basically your only option. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, a, it's a cool game. Uh, you can emulate it very easily. It runs an MSX emulator, no problem. And I think uh, your phone could run the MSX emulator. So, Well, actually, our phones are more popular, powerful than our computers. But, like, yeah, an old <laughs> Windows 3.1 could run it, no problem. So, um, Then the Sharp X68000, which was pretty much a Japanese uh, computer, like, like it's at the tail end of the microcomputer, but think of it as an IBM compatible almost. Uh, it was very fancy graphics and stuff. Um, they got a version of Castlevania, which was uh, pretty souped up. It looked uh, it looked really cool. Um, it had adjusted and much more difficult versions of the original. Um, I will tell you, Alan, on this one, I get stuck in the catacombs after the mummies. Hmm. Can't go any further. Lots of dick moves, though, in <laughs> in this one. Uh, the stairs are fixed. You can, like, jump onto them and stuff like that. But, okay. like, in, stu- in stuff like the clock tower, think of, like, the regular clock tower you're used to seeing. Only half of the platforms have, like, instant death spikes on them. Jesus. And there are, that yeah, there are armor cool. axes. <laughs> and there are Medusa heads and lots more stuff to stay. It's, it's brutally hard. Um and if you want to try it out, it is known as uh, Castlevania Chronicles on the PlayStation 1, okay. which used to be a super expensive um, rare game and went to 6 bucks on the PSN. So that is one way you can enjoy that game. I'd say for 6 bucks might be worthwhile. Uh, you can turn on it, – it got souped up graphics for the PS1 era, but you can turn on the original graphics, and it will impress you – how well those graphics look for a game that came out, you know, uh, in like 93 or something. So. Yeah, I, I remember uh, seeing that like in one of the old gaming magazines and I had actually looked for the game but could never find it. 
And then mm-hmm. I, I did actually end up playing it on the PS1, and it does look good. And it is difficult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it'll, it'll break your heart. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's kind of cool. Uh, also, for those of you PlayStation Plus people who just grab everything as it's free, it was free for a period of time. So you may already have it. So go check it out. Um, last but not least is um, Haunted Castle. Now, this is an arcade game. Uh, that did release in 1988. So, uh, a few years later, um, it was, uh, also known as Akumajo Dracula in Japan. It did come out in America. It came out all three places. And, uh, it's kind of a, uh, kind of a hybrid between the X68000 version and the original, uh, Castlevania. But it, to me, it's super brutally hard. Uh, you die much quicker. Um, and you, when you die, you do not get to continue, um, anywhere but the beginning of the game. <laughs> huh. You literally start the whole game over. So as it stands, even though I have a main cab with unlimited credits, I've not seen beyond the first level. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I'm so. looking at it. It looks gonna, it, it looks very similar to Castlevania with obviously arcade graphics, but yeah, it looks mm-hmm. kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It runs easily in MAME. Uh, feel free to check it out. Also, if you bought the Japanese-only PS2 game, so Finian can jump at this, uh, Hamster, it's an unlockable. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, again, I, I, it's one of those ones where, trust me, the, the first one was the best one. Um, I still think the original Castlevania on the NES is the best version of Castlevania, but it's pretty, crazy to think of how konami really diversified that game um at the time like not only porting it but making it different right um so uh all right well everyone's been waiting probably an hour for us to get to this one (laughs) (laughs) but in 87 the sequel castlevania 2 simon's quest would come out now um have you you played this one Yes, I have all three of the originals on the on the NES, and ah, oh, good man. Yeah, well, it's one of my favorites, one of my favorite yeah. game series. So, uh, but yeah, like this one, I didn't get through a lot of because of the way that they had it set up compared to the original, with it being open ended and yep. going wherever, buying all the different stuff that you want to buy, your whip upgrades and things like that. Yeah, it was like an RPG, basically. Was it like, well, because you would like, level up too. Oh, that I did not. You know. would have like armor points. Well, and it might have been in what you bought, but yeah, you had to collect money, and then you could buy certain things. Um, you had to collect obviously certain items to get to certain places, um, and then yeah, you would get attack and defense perks shall i say but they were even more archaic than the ones in zelda 2 <laughs> so for what that uh comes with um but uh but it was a very pivotal game um obviously coming out in uh in 87 um was a big deal uh in, in japan i do believe it came out in 88 yes it did uh um <laughs> and joined in the uh, the massive rush for people to uh, get their hands on the sequels. This was the year of sequels. In 1988, holiday, between November 1st and December 5th, 
Um, Castlevania II Simon's Quest, Legend of Zelda II, uh, The Adventures of Link, and Super Mario Bros. 2 would all hit the United States without release dates and give every parent a heart attack. <laughs> Um, not only that, every one of these sequels was drastically different from its predecessor. You know, I mean, they're kind of all the redheaded stepchildren of their series, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, however, there is, there are pluses to Simon's quest. Uh, it should be pointed out. This was very pivotal, pivotal when it came out over in, um, in Japan. And actually when you find this out about it, as well as adventures of link and, uh, the uh, well, not Super Mario Brothers two, but as well, it, it, Super Mario Brothers Adventures of Link. Oh, sorry, Adventures of Link and Castlevania two. There, my thoughts are straight. Are very different because they were Famicom disk systems, and the disk system was a disk drive system that allowed for saving and obviously more dynamic games. And as a result, um, the that's why you see these more elongated saving RPG elements in. Uh, in these in games indicative of this type and probably why they're so different from their cartridge only counterparts. Um, <clears throat> so that's kind of its stamp in history. It was it was kind of a technical breakthrough when they ported it over to the uh, to the NES, although you had to write down a bunch of annoying passwords in order to s- save and quit. Right. Um, it also had the uh, the dangerous Nintendo Power. Nintendo Power issue two was Castlevania Simon's Quest, and in it a very um, a very uh, leather and lace kind of Simon Belmont is holding the head of Dracula, the severed head of Dracula. And for those of you in the chat, I'll uh, pop in that picture so people can see. But, uh, but yeah, that was a very controversial uh, issue. Pulled off some shelves. Some parents didn't much care for it. It would mark the last time they took a chance like that with Nintendo Power. Uh, since Nintendo Power was in and of itself kind of like a catalog for selling kids Nintendo games. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, it's the, it's a direct sequel to Castlevania. You've killed Dracula, but oh wait, Simon's now got a curse. He's going to die. Um, right. Is, uh, I'm trying to think here. Da-da-da. Simon's been cursed on him by Dracula. Yes, there we go. And Dracula's party, has, uh, Dracula's body was split into five castles. He has to go find all the parts, bring them back together and kill Dracula for good. Um, and, uh, what? <laughs> it, it, it's the eye, the rib, the heart. Uh, I think I the believe... fang is the fang part of that. Yeah. The fang. And then one other piece that you have to find. Yeah. And they all kind of looked like what they were supposed to be. But, uh, but like, uh, like Alan was saying, I think one of the biggest problems with this, um, was, uh, uh, was the fact that there, in order to get to the next part, and since it was an open world, you could really go kind of anywhere aside from what, you know, uh, you know, aside from geography preventing you, um, and have certain items and or weapons. So if you didn't know you had to buy those weapons, or you didn't know, let's say, to throw holy water into a floor and find a hidden shop, you, uh, you, you would be stuck. Um, 
And worst of all, uh, and I don't know if you know this, Alan, they lie to you. The villagers lie to you. They tell you <laughs> things that aren't true, literally aren't true. <laughs> yeah, th- this game had very poor localization. <laughs> oh, yes, and I'll talk about the localization next, but aside from that, even in the Japanese version, they lied to you. It was, it was a design choice uh, made by designer um, Akamatsu. Uh, and I don't know him too well, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, he said in an interview, no, they were specifically leading, uh, leading you off to the wrong area. Um, and it wasn't, it was more vague stuff. Like they would tell you the wrong area where the right item was or something, you know, it wasn't like they were like, whatever you do, don't equip the diamond. They would say like the diamond can be found in the endless graveyard be careful to look for it or something, you know? And then what it really meant was, uh, you know, um, or what it really meant to say, or what it meant was you have to look in like a completely different area. And the designers thought, ha ha, that's really funny that, uh, you know, we, um, we've, uh, thrown the player off as such. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) I didn't find it very funny. Um, I don't think anybody did as a, as a kid, they're like, I just want to know, where to find things and you're not telling me. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so it was, yeah, it was pretty terrible. Um, but yes, as you said, and this is definitely something I have to mention is, um, there we go. Yeah, actually it is the graveyard one is the translation is terrible. Um, in one of them, uh, it is, uh, get the silk bag from the graveyard duck to live longer. <laughs> Uh, which, uh, which has, has led to a long running Google search of what is the graveyard duck in Castlevania 2. <laughs> <laughs> the infamous graveyard duck is still one of the, uh, the most interesting characters that doesn't exist. Uh, if you go to the, my article at Gaming History 101, I have a great deviant art that an artist let me use that does have a, a cartoon drawing of the graveyard duck. So you can go check that out at some point in time. Um, <laughs> What it meant to say with a well, which a well-placed comma would help get a silk bag from the graveyard duck to live longer <laughs> is what it meant to say. Uh-huh. Um, the other one, and this is the one that screwed me over until I learned what it was, is, um, is the one that says, uh, hit Deborah Cliff with your head to make a hole. <laughs> and, uh, what it wants you to do is you need to equip the red crystal, go to Deborah Cliff, which was a cliff that basically essentially had nothing but, you know, water and a cliff, and you die if you get went anywhere. You duck down for more than five seconds, and a tornado comes and takes you away. Right. How hit Deborah, Deborah Cliff with your head to make a hole comes in, I, I don't know. Um... <laughs> And, uh, there are rumors that, uh, this was announced in Nintendo Power, which is pretty much how people got through to it. Um, but, uh, uh, there is rumors that Konami PR was like, hey, uh, can you, can you throw that in a Nintendo Power issue? Save our asses. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, also in my article, and I'm trying, I'm not trying to pimp my article, but I, I forgot that I did all this research. I do have a link of all the hilarious things the villagers say. Oh, screw awesome. it. Let's give it away for free. Let's see if there's a couple ones I can mention that are that are absolutely hilarious. Here we go. Uh, let's talk to villagers. Uh, let's see here. 
Oh, I don't see any crazy ones. Let's live here together. That's an interesting one. It's a creepy old man who tells you that. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I have all, I have all the crazy, it's basically got all the good and bads that they say, but if you want to know all the, the crazy stuff, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, but, uh, the graveyard duck, watch for the in- infamous graveyard duck. Um, and, uh, if you don't know what this reference is, what a horrible night to have a curse is because the game had day night cycles. Right. And I'm sure you'll speak to, it's much more difficult <laughs> with, uh, with, uh, wow, there's an interesting part of the chat I shouldn't have read right now. Um, but there is, uh, it's very interesting the, uh, the, the difference in hit points from day night cycles. And you can only save and heal, I think, in towns. So it's a real bad time if you get stuck in the wrong area. Yeah, and you pretty much won't make it back to town. Or no, let me take it the other way. Actually, the town was the only place you weren't safe. Because the, the villagers became zombies. Ooh. But, yes, yes, don't F around in the town. But I think they gave you lots of money. I think that was kind of the trick. You could sit in town and then make your money. But anyway. um, But at the end of it, and I think you'll laugh your ass off when I tell you this, Alan. Um, Dracula is stupid easy and he looks like the Grim Reaper. It's hilarious. He's got, he's got a huge cape. He does not move. He just disappears and reappears. And if you don't move, he reappears and disappears in the same place. He takes up roughly 70% of the screen. And his only attack is to throw fangs at you in like circular motions. Really? And <laughs> yes. And there's a weapon you could have, which you should have. I think it's it's not the red diamond, but it's one of them. And you throw a fireball on the ground, it kind of bulges up, and you can throw like three at a time. And much like the original Grim Reaper fight, you just sit there and throw them at him, and you don't even have to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, he does look like death. He has just like the white face. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just a yeah, it's it's Grim Reaper all over again. It's it's pretty funny. Um So uh oh, and I I forgot to mention um because we probably won't get to this game on uh one of the N64 Castlevania games, not Castlevania 64, but like the Lament of the Moon or whatever game it was. Cur- Curse um, of Darkness. There, there Cur- you go. Yeah, for N64, Curse of Darkness. The Yeah, that's the good one just in case people don't know. And that is also the expensive one. <laughs> and, uh, it's, uh, it's got, uh, I think, I don't remember if you have to beat it or what, but there is an unlockable version of the original game with kind of like souped up graphics. Um, which is kind of cool. So. Uh, and I, I was wrong. Curse of Darkness is the second PS2 Castlevania. It's Legacy oh. of Darkness. Legacy of Darkness. Okay. That's fair. I think the first one's Lament of Innocence and then Curse of Darkness are the two on PS2. Yes, and those which, are both um, way better 3D games than both of the N64. But Yes, and people <laughs> don't give them enough credit. But yeah. I'm already telling, Alan, that uh, we're going to have to come back and do a part two of this at some point. Probably, so, especially if we want to yeah. cover a lot of the Metroidvania-style games because there's so much more (laughs) yes indeed uh so where we're at now okay so um (laughs) let's jump into oh i should also point out bloody tears if you guys don't know the song it will definitely be in the podcast uh and i definitely had it as one of my songs in the music episode um that premiered in castlevania 2 which is probably the only good thing to talk about castlevania 2 (laughs) um I i believe it's in the first village 
but uh, it's a great song. It's a great song. I can I can imagine it in my head right now. Um, Same here. And okay, so um, without further ado, let's jump into Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse, also known as Akumajo Densetsu, Devil's Castle Legend, which is a pretty badass title, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, in Japan, in Japan, that's how they know of it as. Um, And this game is the closest thing to a cross-gen you're going to see in the 8-bit era, in my opinion. I know that's a bold statement, um, but I really, you know, Konami really showed its stuff in this one. And it is one of the most technically impressive games on the console. Also explaining why any of these Fami clones, these consoles that copy it have no clue how to work with its extensive hardware and why it's not compatible with any of them. It also is one of the last games to get emulation support. But me and Alan having the original cartridge version, we don't have to worry about that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, So Castlevania 3, did you start on this one or did you pick it up later? I, I actually picked this one up later. I, I started with the original. <clears throat> oh, okay. One of my favorite things about this one was the character switching, though, between Hugh, or Grant, Sophia, and and Trevor, and then Alucard as you find them all. <clears throat> yes. Yes, so we should point out, um, oh yeah, I probably didn't mention this. At the, uh, spoilers, at the end of Castlevania II, uh, Simon Belmont dies. He dies with Dracula. So yeah. Um, <laughs> there might have been, <laughs> so yeah, so that's that. Um... Although I could be wrong, there might have been two endings. I can't remember. Lord knows I'm not going through that game again. Um, but uh, I really have it for stigma. I recently, I think a year ago, I picked it up while I was doing all these reviews and thought maybe I could do this, but no. No, I couldn't. In fact, uh, July 2012 was when I wrote this review. So, yeah, no, no, no. This was over a year and a half ago, and I haven't gone back. So, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. But... Um, this is a prequel. This is set before all this. This is kind of the... I think it's the first time Simon Belmont goes after Dracula. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. I don't know. I, I focus more on the, the, the technical wowzas of it. So um, let's start with that. So this game is gorgeous graphically. Um, it has tons of moving sprites, backgrounds, lots of things on screen can't remember, but I think this is one of the few games that doesn't suffer a huge slowdown and flicker when it gets too many guys on screen. Do you know if that's true or not? I, I don't think it did. I think I think it actually handled that a lot better. Yeah. Um, it has branching paths, uh, as Alan kind of referred to. Um, I don't... You There are uh, 15 levels, but you'll only play 9 on... I believe it's 9 on the high road and 10 on the low road. Okay. Yeah, and that wouldn't but, yeah. that wouldn't come back again until uh Dracula X. Mm-hmm. Better known as Rondo of Blood in Dra er, in uh Japan. 
Yes, Akumajo Dracula, Chino Rondo. Love that title. And I sound like a freaking American every time I say it. Uh, Chino Rondo, buddy. It's awesome. Um, but, uh, and, and we will get to that tonight. I can already tell you based off of our time, we'll get to it. Um, we better get to it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Castlevania 3 does have branching paths. And as Alan said, you, you bring in friends, uh, Simon Belmont can literally transform into allies that he collects along the way. Um, there was Grant, the pirate, who uh, could climb on walls and get to some very interesting locations. Because uh, he could climb on ceilings, wrap around to walls, and then wrap around to floor platforms. So he could get to very hard places. Um, but he had a really stanky dagger for his weapon. He couldn't really do much. In terms of damage, um, and then what's the what's the middle? I always forget his slash her name. I can't remember. Sophia. There's a. Is it Sophia? Sophia. There we go. Or Sypha. Sypha. Okay. Sypha uh, Bell Nandies. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, and, his and, name was Grant Dynasty. That's right. <laughs> and just so you know, it's <laughs> it's not Simon in in three. It's Trevor. Trevor Belmont. Oh, it is Trevor. You're right. I'm sorry. That's why. It's Trevor returning after Simon's presumed dead. There may be a reason why he's not there. You are correct. I even say that. Many people attest this to Simon Belmont, and it's actually Trevor Belmont. So there you go. Made my own mistake. Uh, but there was Grant Dynasty, uh, Sypha Belnandes, which was a uh, magic user. And kind of um, they kind of make the character... Um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, androgynous. I do believe at some point there is a she comment or something that suggests that Sypha is a female. Um, but for the life of me, I can't tell you for sure. Um, yeah, but I she definitely has some badass magic. <laughs> um, did you use Sypha much? Actually, I think it's more of a fan of, of Trevor and Alucard. And I think that's the most common route through the game. I think you also – that's the upper level, right? It goes through the clock towers and stuff? I believe so. Well, I know you find Grant in the clock towers. And can you find all three characters in one playthrough? I don't believe you can. Okay. But don't quote me on that. I'm sure there's a way. Because you do get choices where you can go lower or right. higher right. a second time or something. So you might be able to. Um, but, but just so people know, to take on one new character is to lose the other. And I love the first time you learn that by having Grant leave you for Sypha. And you, you're like, wait, no, 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 I didn't, I didn't say, I, I didn't know I'd be giving rid of you, you know? Cause he comes up to you and he's just like, peace, brother. It was, it was a great journey or something. And then he walks away and you're like, no, damn it. <laughs> But uh, there's a tough water level. Are you familiar with the water level in question? <laughs> no. Okay. There is a level. I think it's the lower catacombs. Um, think of it as a real dick version of uh, <clears throat> level five in Castlevania 1, um, where there's lots of creatures jumping out. There are tons of bats. I think there's even Medusa heads. But uh, Sypha makes this really easy because she, if she has the ice spell, she can freeze the water. So if you fall, you don't die. Oh, that's nice. 
Yeah, you can actually walk through the level, and I think we should point out that depending on who you have, there are levels, entire very tough levels you can completely bypass if you've got the right power-up and or enough hearts. Um, and that's Sypha's level. And then there's, of course, Al Ucard, which is Dracula backwards, but he's the son of Dracula. And uh, he could turn into a flying bat. And he has one of the latest levels in the game. You can literally fly through the whole brutal level <laughs> as Al Ucard if you have enough hearts, uh, which makes that very easy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, the game had lots of vivid backgrounds. It was open world you know, with, with various different scenarios, um, tons of great enemies and things like that. Um, but also an amazing soundtrack, which ruined everybody's life, uh, in terms of tech, uh, in Japan, it was known as the VRC six. The NES had five sound channels and, um, you know, I mean, famously, um, it's uh, Castlevania series is one of the few series where they utilized every sound channel, so that when you did something, it wasn't taking over a sound channel. Many people talk about this with Mega Man 4. When you did the Mega Buster charged up, it would cut out the music of uh, oh. one of the three different sounds in the background. The reason was it had to take over the fourth sound channel for the sound effect. Okay. Obviously, Castlevania didn't do this. Well, um, in America, it's a four-track recording for the sound. And, of course, I will have the soundtrack before we... You know, right around this time as I'm editing tonight. Um, but uh, it's got four tracks, and they didn't want any of the sound effects such as collecting hearts, slashing foes, foes jumping around, things like that, um, and, and damage from Simon Belmont, the kind of hoot sound. Uh, they didn't want any of those affecting the gorgeous soundtrack. So they did um, four parts and did the MMC5 chip, which allowed them to memory map a fifth sound channel into um it fudges it basically it basically merges the sound effect into one of the sound channels um in in order to generate the the awesome soundtrack uh of uh, of castlevania 3 and then in japan the vrc 6 chip actually built a six sound channel in the cartridge which allowed it to have all six sound channels so nice. yeah it's pretty cool um and, and the soundtrack's amazing like, I love oh, yeah. that soundtrack. Every Castlevania has a good soundtrack. You could do probably a pod, its own podcast just for the music. Yes. I do have six Castlevania soundtracks um, in my collection. Many of them nice. far too expensive, uh, but uh, but very good. Right. So, um, And, again, they, they pretty much uh, – I mean, it's a pretty standard game save for the final level. The final level feels a lot like the Ninja Gaiden – first game like you know slog through eternity um, yeah have you and you've not beaten this game am i correct right how far have you gotten oh uh, i don't even remember mm -hmm. i haven't played it in a while i haven't stuck it in since i've gotten the the cart but uh i don't remember the last time i played it well um i you know i think a lot of people quit at al card he was a tough boss battle um because he threw three fireballs. Um, but if you knew kind of how to fight him, it was okay. Uh, but, there, yeah, the final rush to Dracula is really hard. And then Dracula as a boss is three of the most awe-inspiring, dickhead, horrible, 
most terrible boss battles ever. And the best way I can describe it, because I just don't have time here and can't remember specifically what it entailed aside from lightning coming down from the ceiling and also acid pools and all kinds of other stuff, is uh, if you like uh, Retro Game Challenge, um, the uh, the Japanese show where Arino plays uh, really tough Nintendo games, he did beat this game for that. Well, actually, he didn't beat this game. His uh, intern beat it when he f- quit. So <laughs> you can see this brutal boss battle. But uh, And if you die, you have to go back to the beginning of the level. No. And if you get a game over, you have to go back to the beginning of the world. It's tough. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really cool. And then, again, the Japanese one, I one of my favorite parts about having a Japanese Wii is being able to play this game, which... Uh, I have one of those converter carts that allows me to put Famicom games in my NES. Um, and, uh, um, and, uh, you, it doesn't matter with this particular game because when I put, I bought a copy because Akumaju Densetsu is not very expensive. And when I put it into my NES, because it doesn't have those sound channels, it can't read the VR6 chip and it doesn't have the fifth sound channel. So it just sounds like stripped. Oh. And, uh, yeah, and um, uh, so the only way to really play it in truth over here without getting a Famicom was for me to buy it on the Virtual Console uh, for six hundred or five hundred yen, which was very cheap. <laughs> and uh, now I can play it in all its glory. Um, right. And I can't walk upstairs because of the Wii remote, and so I'm I'm flawed yet again. <laughs> so, but it's it's a cool game. Uh, I think it's one of the quintessential games for the NES. And it definitely is the most 16-bit feeling 8-bit game. Yeah. Um, well, with all the movie eh. backgrounds and things like that, yeah, you don't see a lot yeah. of that until you get to Super Nintendo Sega. Well, and you're in luck. Guess where we're at? Unless there's something you wanted to say about uh, Castlevania 3, we can jump right into Super Castlevania 4. Uh, it's better than Castlevania 2. I'd say one and <laughs> one and three are the best on the NES. I have to. I might eventually get through it at some point, but one and three, yeah. <laughs> three is tolerable with save states. If uh, sometimes what I do with save states is um, I do my own version of checkpointing. If you checkpoint yourself to at least the beginning of the Dracula boss battle, you know, and then you kind of do that. Like I usually do that with save states. Is I'll checkpoint myself at the beginning of each level, and then I'll checkpoint myself uh, at a boss encounter. Right. That's pretty much a safe way to do it. Um, and hell, if you want to see that ending, because I know I haven't ever, um, you know, you're definitely welcome to, uh, uh, if you don't want to watch it yourself, you can, you can checkpoint your way through it. <laughs> there is a way to beat it that way. Yeah, so, I'd imagine. Everything's easier but, with safe states. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Everything's tolerable with safe states. Um. So next up, Super Castlevania 4, a game that's become a little more rare since I first reviewed it back in uh back in uh, July 2012. Uh, at that time the going rate for a copy was roughly 22.75. Now you're talking more like 30.35. So, it is a virtual console game though, so that makes it easy to get your hands on for 8 bucks. Right. So. Uh so did you play this one? Oh yes, a lot. Okay. Uh I think Surprisingly, I actually... this is the one I've played the least. I haven't played this one. So, I, I've played this one a few times. I think I ended up making it through the entire game. If not, I made it really, really close. 
Okay. Uh, the game is seen as somewhat easier because Simon can, or I'm trying to remember now, who is the protagonist? It, it's Simon again. Okay. Okay. So it looks like Simon did live. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yes, he did live. Okay. In, in an alternative ending, which was the good ending in Simon's Quest, this is a direct sequel. Okay. Uh, it, it's not known as uh, Castlevania Four in, um, in 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 Japan. It's just known as Castlevania Super Castlevania. Sorry, um, but uh, yeah, it's a direct sequel. Um, and it was a flagship title for the SNES, uh, much like you'd see with early launch games, but definitely with Castlevania and Konami was more than up to the task. It's, uh, it is a technical showpiece for the console. Uh, would you agree? Yes. It looked fantastic. I, to this day, it still looks good. Yeah. Yes, actually, I do think I made it to the end of this one. I don't remember whether I actually yeah. beat Dracula, but I made it to the end. Well, it's cool. <clears throat> Once you've seen him, you know, you've, you've kind of got the gist of it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, like, we were talking about with Castlevania 3 how everything, like, or certain things would move in the background and everything, and they just upped the ante on the, on the Super Nintendo with that, with, like, waving grass and all different other mm-hmm. kinds of weird stuff that would move in the background. You're just like, whoa. Yeah, you remember the the room that was a rotating barrel? Yep. That was a crazy use of Mode 7 graphics. Like, they were they were faking 3D real well in that one. Yeah, and then, like, the certain areas where you had to hold on to a thing with your whip, and if you didn't oh, drop yeah, the, the right time... Mechanic. Yep, if you uh, didn't drop at the right time, you were dead. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. Um... It kind of threw a little Bionic Commando in there for you, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, a lot of people, some people think it's a remake. I wouldn't go that far. I would say it's definitely a reimagining. Uh, it feels kind of like a, a hybrid of the first three games. I think it takes the best parts of those three games and kind of weaves them together with similar but definitely distinct levels. Yeah. Def- well, um, yeah, definitely. The levels just look like, not only the look good, each one, you know, they get progressively more difficult as in all three games, but <laughs> if you learn the patterns and things like that, you can get them down pretty quick. Yeah, and honestly, the graphics don't get a whole lot better than this until beyond the PlayStation, to be honest with you. Like, this is pretty much the graphical pow- prowess. Uh Probably better graphics, I would say, than the TurboGrafx PC Engine CD version of uh, Chino Rondo. And it's definitely uh, pretty much on par with that Castlevania Chronicles remake I talked about. Right. So it looks really good. And, of course, oh, everyone's saying hi to me in the chat. Sorry, chat. I didn't see it until now. I've been been really focused here on the Castlevania stuff. I'm really having fun with this. but uh, uh, the soundtrack is amazing. The Sony sound chip sounds so good in this. Yeah. Um, the opening, and it's, it's got all the classics. Yeah, the opening, <laughs> you know, Simon's theme in the very the very beginning of that first level, you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, because didn't it have this similar but different, the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun? Yeah, well, because yeah. I imagine the Super Nintendo had more 
uh, sound channels to it. So they added a, a few more effects than what you would get in the original in the original game for like Simon's theme. So when it all comes yes. together, it just you know sounds amazing. And I have that that actual theme on so many like MP3 discs around here that it plays constantly. <laughs> Yeah, it is pretty awesome. It does have uh, fancy versions of Vampire Killer, Bloody Tears, and Beginning, which are all the uh, first song you hear as you start up each game in the trilogy, which is uh, just awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, uh, and, and what I will say, uh, yeah, I do believe the Sony um, chip, one of the great things about it was it came with a built-in library of uh, of, of sound effects and instruments. Okay. And uh, Konami really made good use of that early on. Yeah. You know, they could basically fudge a a very hardcore. I think it might have been able to emulate full eight track support. So imagine eight sound channels. Nice. Not bad. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and definitely uh, again, it's a technical showcase. That game in and of itself can literally show you most of the tricks and bells and whistles that this SNES can do. Yeah. Um, so, um, I put that uh, a lot of people say, if you're going to skip one from the series, uh, this is probably the easiest to skip. Um, people probably think of that as a criticism on the game. I wouldn't go that far. I think this game is really fun, even though I haven't played it the most. It was just cause I didn't have a super Nintendo growing up. Um, but I own it and I'm, I'm happy to own it and I won't get rid of it. Um, and furthermore, it's not a bad game. It's just, I, I think my problem with it was aside from the technical, doodads it doesn't do anything too new for the series yeah um i think there is that one boss that's like the whole room and he kind of rotates the room that's kind of new but otherwise um you know it was it was it was pretty straightforward but uh, again not in a bad way i can't i can't really criticize it for that so, yeah um it's a cool game again at, on the flip side if you want to know what the whole series was about and you don't want to go back and play the nes ones there's a no better place to start than that. <laughs> yeah, you're getting, so. you're getting the best of all of the originals right there. So, yeah, yeah. So I guess only the purists really can say, well, maybe I don't want to start, uh, you know, get this one. But uh, I don't know. In my opinion, grab them all. Yeah. Um. All right, moving on. This one I definitely had growing up. I still have it, and it is rare. And unfortunately, emulation aside from the original card is the only way to play it, which is the Sega Genesis. Castlevania Bloodlines, better known as Vampire Kira or Vampire Killer in Japan, and Castlevania the New Generation in Europe. But let's take one step back for a second. Uh, oh, no problem. Along with Super Castlevania 4 on the uh, SNES was Dracula X, which... Oh, yeah. I thought Dracula X came out at the same time as yeah, Rondo it, of Blood. It came out in 95. Um Oh, okay. Well, Rondo of Blood came out... Rondo of Blood and Dracula X are two Ron similar but different games. Rondo of Blood came out in 93, and that was... Oh, okay, then, that then was you are right. Let's go do that one first. That, Let's do Rondo of Blood before... That was um, a PC Engine CD-ROM game, Rondo of Blood was. And then uh, they ported that over to the SNES uh, as Dracula X. <clears throat> yes. So let's yeah, let's actually before we go into that, let's let's go Rondo of Blood. Um even though it better suits itself to kind of tailgate with uh Symphony of the Night. I don't know that we'll get to Symphony of the Night. So Yeah. <laughs> um 
Rondo of Blood is a is a good place to start, and Dracula X was similar but different, and so we should talk about it because it is probably the only way Americans and I think Europeans as well were really able to touch the game until recently. Um, so yes, 1993. Thank you for catching me on the timeline of that. Um, came out uh, Akamaja Dracula X uh, Rondo of Blood. On uh, the TurboGrafx, or sorry, the PC Engine CD, which was the TurboGrafx CD uh, game system, but the the game was never localized outside of Japan, and it was really hard. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played the original, uh, either on the Virtual Console or on an actual disc, but it's it's hard for English speaking people because the voices are in German and the subtitles are in Japanese. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't understand how. I mean, unless you're good with either one of those, I don't see how you could understand anything <laughs> yeah yeah no it's uh it's it's quite interesting um and it is uh the story of Ripter belmont so we've got a whole new belmont uh coming into the game and uh, it's known pretty much as a a precursor to symphony of the night although i would consider symphony of the night to be the sequel to this in my opinion yeah <laughs> but uh it was R- R- uh, richter belmont uh his uh Girlfriend, beloved, fiance, whatever, Annette is kidnapped by Dracula and held captive in his castle. So he sets out to uh, go after her once uh, her young sister, Maria Renard, goes off to find her and goes missing. Right. And then there was, Um, and you could find all of those characters throughout the game. And uh, there is one other female character you could find. I don't remember her name off the top. Well, Maria is the, the sister is the playable character you find in level one. Okay. Or level two, whatever it is in in one of the first levels, right after you fight the, uh, the, uh, the big purple bull thing is where you find Maria. Okay. Um, and she becomes a playable character. Once you find her, it saves and you can forever use her. Um, but yes, you do eventually find a net, and there are various other characters that you do find along the way. Um, however, I will be completely honest with you, I've never played a non-Japanese version of this game. Yeah, I, I, haven't, so. played, I haven't played the Rondo of Blood. I've just played the Dracula X, and then along with the Dracula okay. X Chronicles that came out for the PSP. Which okay, had, we'll talk about... Yeah, we'll talk about both of those. Now, that was localized in English. Yeah. Um, and definitely soup the graphics. But just so people know, it's kind of what I think I imagined Super Castlevania to look like on the SNES. Because it's more cartoony, right? The graphic fidelity doesn't really... It, it's an 8-bit system with 16-bit graphics that's kind of, uh, you know, holding on to a CD system for strength. Um, yeah. That kind of brings this all together. What a weird place to put one of your strongest games, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, but uh, again, because it's CD soundtrack, uh, it's got an awesome soundtrack, um, and and basically there are some very crazy and pivotal scenes that are very different from the usual game. So in the original, um, you know, you get a lot of familiar but slightly updated areas um, and bosses. There are I think ten, ten or eleven levels. Um, it's pretty hard. Um, I don't think I've ever beaten it, but uh, I've beaten Dracula 
X. So I'm sure I'm capable of beating it. Right. Um, but, uh, but as you go along, there's just some really crazy like scenes. So for starters, when you're first coming in, you're on like a horse and carriage and you fight death Yep. and uh, you only have to hit him three times to win. <laughs> yeah. He, easy there. And then he becomes a bitch later. <laughs> Yes, death is much harder when you re-encounter him on the pirate ship. <laughs> I believe that's where you find him. Yep. Um, and uh, <clears throat> there are crazy things like in the first level, you're just running along and all of a sudden this huge, I don't know what to call it, like it's got ram horns and it's purple and it kind of looks like a dog and it's got hooven feet and it chases you. And during and you've got to jump pits and he's running after you. And during this time, you can collect the key, which if you hang on to it, the whole time you uh, you are able to go into the underground area, which very much resembles the merman area from the first game in the first level. Yeah. And at the end of it is a door that if you use the key on it, you unlock Maria. You wake, in, you wake her up and you can unlock her. She makes the game significantly easier, I should say. I can only get quite far in this game with Maria. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's... Uh, and it's just a really cool game. And again, yeah, like like we said, it's just new scenarios and areas to fight classic bosses. Um, I don't know if this was in Dracula X, but there's a level, it's level seven or eight, where like the beginning of the level, you get a bunch of power ups, and then you enter a room, and you are forced to do like a boss rush. You have to beat the mummies, Frankenstein and Igor. Um, Oh, a couple others too. There's like oh, Medusa and some and the vampire bat and somebody else. You basically have to boss rush almost everybody from the first game, Sands for Death and Dracula, and instead you have to fight like two more characters from Castlevania three. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, um only with, with Frankenstein I remember it wasn't he didn't have Igor, he was more um he could like call lightning oh, that's down. Right. And yeah, like, and do you some can stomp the attacks. floor and have blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you get yeah, trapped right. between those blocks and the end of the like the little area you're in, you're you're screwed. <laughs> yes, yes, you are, hands down. Uh, you you can't go anywhere and you're just gonna die. Um, and then with Medusa, it wasn't just her head; it was her actual like Medusa snake snake form, and she could yep. turn you to stone. And she could. She would leap. Remember, she would like whip her tail out at you, and then she could yep. leap over to you. She was pretty, she was pretty spry actually for a gorgon. Yeah, you'd, you'd actually have to slide <laughs> under her, or yep. be really good with walking quickly. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. <clears throat> um, and but but all in all, it was a very interesting game. And what it did have was, in every level, there were little off the beaten path things, such as unlocking Maria, but other areas. Uh, that were kind of reminiscent to what we'll see later in uh, in, in Symphony of the Night of, uh, of of making it feel more of like a collective castle, which I thought was cool. It made it feel like one. You definitely see where the the core of what will later go on uh, to be this. I consider this to be the best game in the series. Uh, I'm sure there are many who would consider Symphony of the Night, but uh, and and you would be justified in any of the predecessors we've talked about. Um, maybe not Castlevania too, but otherwise. Um, <laughs> But uh, but it's very cool. Now, do you know what the differences are between this and Castlevania Dracula X? Uh, I think they're pretty much the same game. With uh, when Dracula X came out, they were just a little bit of uh, updated graphics since it was on the the uh, SNES. Yes. So it looked it 
it didn't look quite as good as Super Castlevania 4. It did look a little more cartoony still, but like, I mean, obviously it's worlds better, worlds better mm-hmm. than the other three if you're looking at that. And it looked a lot better than some of the actual Super Nintendo games that came out. Oh, I would agree with that. Yeah, because that was, uh, for some reason, the purists consider it a negative thing um, that they they updated the graphics and made them look a little more modern. I, I, I tend to disagree. I think it's a personal choice, but I would never say one or the other is better. Um, I'm more comfortable with this version of, with the, the PC Engine version of Rondo of Blood, but again... Aside from the virtual console version, it's a very expensive get. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it did have some redesign levels, and then Maria wasn't a playable character. Yeah, I know Maria was out. And then and they only had two alternate levels instead of however many were in Rondo of Blood. I think there are four in Rondo of Blood. There are levels you can find. You know, sometimes you skip over levels or things like that. Right. Um. And the other thing was, from what I recall, and you tell me, um, it was a pretty common occurrence to find weird outlets in the castle where there would be like a random power up. Sometimes there was nothing at all, maybe an enemy. Yeah, like. And I feel like those weren't very abundant in Dracula X, but you tell me. Um, yeah, I don't. I think the I think they were more common in uh, Dracula X Chronicles. I think. Um, uh huh. I think Dracula X Chronicles included a lot more of the content from actual Rondo of Blood than it did uh, of Dracula X. Yes, I know that uh, Dracula X Chronicles, aside from the visuals, did completely copy Rondo of Blood, the original. So if you played that one, yeah, any of those changes are the ones you see in Rondo of Blood. Now, I did later go back and play Dracula X. For some reason, I didn't seem to notice that they were the same game as Rondo of Blood. I don't know why that is. Maybe I just didn't think about it. I don't know. Um, but, and I do remember the the Dracula battle being significantly easier. I have yet to beat it on Rondo. I was able to outsmart Dracula's pattern in Dracula X, even though it seems slightly tougher because he has more pits in his area in Dracula X. Mm. Or Vampire's Kiss, as it's known in Europe. Yeah. Which I think is a much better title. <laughs> yeah, it, it, Dracula X just, I don't know, it doesn't sound that great. Yeah, when you go with Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, it Kiss, sounds like the Neo-Future version. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you hear Dracula X, you feel like you're getting into that Mega Man X territory. And, yes. you know, you could they could start just doing Dracula X2, Dracula X3. I'm glad they didn't. Yeah. Ripter Belmont has like half a Terminator face. <laughs> as long as they don't give him a Mega right. Buster, we're okay. That there you go. It. There you go. Or maybe if they did. <laughs> as long as a whip but, comes uh, out of that, then that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, actually, don't mix my Mega with Man with my Castlevania. <laughs> um, and so you have played Dracula X Chronicles? Oh, yes. That was one of the first games I got when I got my PSP. Yeah, and you know what? I, I have to admit, I, I fell into the dangerous, dangerous world of not trusting my instincts. And I didn't pick this up because Jeremy Parrish shit all over it. And Jeremy Parrish, you know, people know him, Retronauts, this and that. He didn't really like the way they blew up the screen. He didn't like the redesigned graphics, and he didn't like the gameplay pacing. And he didn't think it was a very good remake. Um, 
I tend to disagree with most of what he has to say about that. <laughs> I think it looks kind of cool going back now and seeing an updated graphics. I don't think the stretch does anything negative for it. And there is ways to tweak your aspect ratio that makes it perfectly suitable for whatever your taste is. Right. Um, what I will say about it, though, is I do feel that the enemy spawns and the pacing were adjusted to be a little slower paced and therefore make the game slightly easier and subsequently a little bit more boring. Well, yeah, like but, if, um, you know, you you said you haven't made it through Rondo, like actual Rondo of Blood yet, and it sounds like that one's a little bit more difficult. So it seems like they tune this one down to make it a little bit easier for... Like, if kids are playing or, you know, people that just like slower, easier-paced games rather than difficult, you know, regular Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and again, I, I don't really think I can discredit for that, right? Um, and and, and Freddie in the chat, Finian, he's giving me shit because um, he's the reason I got it. He goes, come on, man, you got to try this version out. It's actually a pretty cool version of the game. And, uh, um, again, I should also point out that because Symphony of the Night got released shortly after that on PSN, the unlockable Symphony of the Night is an amazing deal, but I think Konami and Sony should have worked it out better that Symphony of the Night didn't immediately get released in digital format because it kind of devalued your reason for getting Dracula X Chronicles. Yeah. Well, along with, um, cause along with, uh, Symphony of the Night and then, uh, either Dracula X or Rondo of Blood, the original, you could also unlock um, a third game in that, which is okay. just like some weird little Dracula game. I don't remember exactly what it was called. Is it, is it Young Dracula or whatever? It might have been. I wonder. I wonder. Uh, we only got the Game Boy Advance version, but it's, uh, let's see, what is it called? Akumaja Special Boku Dracula-kun. Uh, Kid Dracula. There you Kid go. Dracula? Yeah, I think that's... Really? I think that's what it was. Oh, that's an awesome unlockable. Guys, if you haven't played that, and especially if you have Dracula X Chronicles, Kid Dracula is a solid game. We didn't get to it here, but it's an amazing game. Do not, it was, it was only released in, uh, Japan, or it was released in Japan on the Famicom. We didn't get it except for the Game Boy, which is an okay port. Um, but that's a great game. It really is a great game. And it, despite being a quote unquote kid Dracula, it's tough as balls. Um, and it's got a crazy ending. You go to space. <laughs> as a Dracula, as Kid Dracula, you go to space and uh, do some pretty crazy stuff. But it adds ranged attacks and stuff. It was a very interesting take of, like, a guidance story on that. So I don't know. You know, again, I don't know if it's true, but if it is, yeah, Kid Dracula is a great unlockable. Now suddenly I'm back interested. <laughs> guess I'm going to have to go through. And how did you unlock those? Was it just by beating certain levels? Uh, I don't remember exactly. Uh, what it's called? It it actually it's not Kid Dracula. It's a mini game called okay. uh, Akamajo Dracula Peak Peck P E K E. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it said that this could be a par- a parody of uh, Sonic. I don't. I don't know Ooh, how. I don't okay. remember. But uh, I did unlock it. I just don't remember how. I'm sure. Okay, I'm sure, you, I'm sure I can look it yeah, up. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure GameFAGS has your answer right there. 
Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's more than willing to offer it to me. So again, I, I got it on UMD though. And so, uh, as, as I'm sure you guys who have PSPs know, uh, PSP doesn't hold a charge very well unless you play it the same day you charge it, uh, especially if yours is aged. So, yeah. uh, so there are many times where I go to pick it up and it's dead and I'm not near a, a cord. So, um, and because I don't have the digital version, my fault, not the PSP's fault. Um, I, I don't have it available for my Vita, which would probably be the best place to play it. But I look forward to getting back into it. I recently got into it. Like, seriously, like within the last month or two, Finian convinced me to buy it. Um, and it's dirt cheap, especially if you can find it at GameStop. It's like eight bucks and, uh, well worth it at that price. Um, so. Uh, well then, I guess last but not least, we're gonna wrap this up and we're gonna wrap it up kinda quick with, uh, Castlevania Bloodlines on the Genesis, as I, uh, announced way back when. <laughs> <laughs> this was a 94 game, so this did come out after that. Um, now, did you play this yes, one? Yes, I, I had this one as well. Excellent game. A- any, Excellent any system game. I got that had a, a Castlevania game, I bought it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, well, it's, it's great. And and to have this collection, I mean, your collection's worth a pretty penny, too, on top of that. Yeah. Um, but it's got a kind of interesting plot. You're not a Belmont. You're either John Morris, can you get any more American, from the USA, <laughs> or Eric Lecard from Spain, can you get any more European, um, uh, to go after Dracula. And the plot actually closely resembles Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, uh, they even they even borrow some of the uh, quotes from the from the book in the manual. I don't know if your version has a manual, but this was back when they knew how to make manuals. It's in black and white, but I still let it go. Yeah. I don't, I don't have that one right um, now, but, uh, when I did have it, I did have like the entire case and the manual and yeah, like the manual was all black and white and they had some really cool stuff in there. Like you don't get, you don't get a lot of that stuff today. That sucks. Yes. And if you go to my review on gaming history, one one, just like all of them, I do have a link to the instruction manual, which you can print out in PDF format. So if you're interested in that, you can do that. Um, but yeah, and, and to be fair, John Morris is a descendant of the, the, the Belmonts, so he does have the, the connection. Um, but, uh, um, but Elizabeth Bartley is, uh, a girlfriend of his? Yeah, he's a girlfriend, and, uh, she resurrects Count Dracula, uh, who is her uncle, and he kisses her, takes her under his wing, you know, not, not the, the, the traditional kiss, the vampire kiss. Right. Takes her under her wing, she goes ill, and he goes after uh, Count Dracula because killing him will give him his beloved back, uh, who is dying of a form of anemia. Um, and uh, there, Elizabeth is uh, is a vampire in this and does a lot of stuff. In fact, you're uh, actually chasing her down for most of it. Right. Uh, I, I do like that in in the plot somewhere she's responsible for World War One. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which is, uh, I mean, if you're going to go big, <laughs> I guess that works. Um, so, so it's, it's pretty cool. But, um, uh, so notably though about this game is that it's very different from the other games. Yeah. Um, I, I think much like Rondo of Blood, if you want something that looks, feels, and controls completely counter to the other games, doesn't have, uh bosses or characters you're very familiar with and it was the genesis remember so there's lots of blood in it for the first time 
Um, except for the Europeans, they had it censored from the new generation <laughs> version. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's a very cool game. It was, it was very fun. Um, like each character, uh, with their weapons had their own abilities. Like with John, you could swing from, uh, the ceilings with the whip mm-hmm. with Eric. You could, if you duck down and push a certain button, you could jump up really high, which would come in really handy in certain levels, like the tower that was uh, rapidly descending while you were climbing oh, yes. it. <laughs> yes, which is a very cool level. <laughs> yes, the 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 Scrooge McDuck pogo stick of uh, <laughs> right. of Eric was almost responsible for me getting through some levels. <laughs> But, uh, and every level, I think almost every single level, and I have a, a terrible, uh, gameplay video on, um, on Gaming History 101. It's called I Suck at Video Games, which was originally my first, uh, uh, title for my video series. And I didn't have a capture card yet, so it's literally my cell phone propped up in front of the screen. Uh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that happened. Um, but, uh, but I played through the first, like, 15 minutes of the game or something, kind of do a let's play. But every level in this game shows off a new crazy tech thing the Genesis can do that I pretty much believe they didn't think it could do. Right. You know, like like you said, there's the descending, uh, the, the, the tower that's collapsing as you... As you walk up it, it's, it kind of rotates in circles and you kind of rotate with it. Um, does a very cool version of, uh, of the 3D effects in Super Castlevania 4, but it's, it's vertical instead of horizontal. And instead of, um, using mode 7 graphics, it uses parallax scrolling to achieve this. Right. Um, working yet again to the strengths of the Genesis. The other cool thing was, I guess, the way the Genesis processor worked. I kind of go into it in the review. They were able to do that really cool water level where it literally mirrors, like it's the the screen is literally cut in half and it's mirrored. Have you played that level? Yes. Yeah, where the water levels go up and down. I found that to be the most impressive. <laughs> yeah, like well, it, it's the one part of that is the second level where you're you're starting out on the platforms and the mermen jump up and you can see it. You know, like you said, it's mirrored where you can see if a platform starts falling you literally watch it fall and disappear into the water. And it's just, you see that and you're like, wow. Yeah. So I, uh, um, it, there, it's, it's every level is technically impressive in this. Yeah. And, uh, I can get far. Um, but, uh, but I've, I've never gotten to the end. Oh, you need to rectify that, sir. <laughs> Oh, so you have? Yes. Um, okay. I can. So this is this is a doable game. Yes. I can. I consider okay. Eric to be the easy mode if you really want it to be. Uh, with John, it is a little bit more difficult in that your whip isn't as long as Eric's lance when you get it all the way uh, like leveled up. And yeah. with Eric's ability, you can get through some of that a lot easier. Where as with John, especially in that tower level, you know you have to be good at platforming. Mhm. Yeah, I think uh, not the not the collapsing tower level, but there was another one where you're like jumping platforms in the air and there are like floating characters or something yeah. that I I seem to remember owned me and I felt like it was near the end. Oh, uh, that could be wrong. That, Maybe I'm not then. 
Actually, Freddy's calling it the Tower of Pisa. Maybe that's the one where I stopped, and I don't know if that's near the end, but that's the one that I'm thinking of. Actually, I think I think that's the third or fourth level. Then I'm wrong. No, this was this was much farther in. I think it took me like two two or so hours to get to this point. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. Uh. Oh, it's cool. I'll I'll figure yeah. it out at some <laughs> point. But uh, but yeah, I I, I kind of got there. But yeah, I have definitely not beaten it, and I I I agree with you. I need to rectify that because damn it, Genesis games were beatable. <laughs> yes, generally. <laughs> Generally, unless yes. you're playing Contra Hardcorps, so. hardcore. Ah, uh, yes, that's one I have not beaten. <clears throat> Although I have beaten all the uh, other Contras uh, on video. Yes. <clears throat> but um, but yeah. Um, was there anything else you wanted to say about uh? Um, sorry. Uh, about uh. Well, like Castlevania in, Bloodline. In, instead of uh, instead of the hearts, they gave you your crystals. And some of the, they gave you. Oh, that's true. They gave you like a few different uh, instead of like the traditional uh, side weapons, you know, like your cross, your holy water. They gave you like a boomerang, and then you could charge all those weapons up and do mm-hmm. certain attacks with them. And that kind of made some bosses and things a little bit easier. But really, I mean, it comes that's down true. to: Are you good with your main weapon? <laughs> Yeah, because I didn't really, yeah, like the bosses, some of them were tough, but I didn't really find them to be, I guess, uh, impossible to uh, overcome, you know, like I, I could figure out their patterns easy enough. I usually wanted to have a life behind me to do so, right. um, but they were they were doable. Um, they were pretty big on the screen, too. They were barring a couple of uh, things from the, mass bo- the massive bosses of... Uh, um, Oh, what's the treasure game? Gunstar Heroes. They were definitely borrowing some some tips from that. So, but all right. Well, since we're down to the wire, and I'm sure VGO wants to come in here, I guess uh, we will call the uh, the Castlevania retrospective now part one to a close. Um, but uh, but Alan, I want to thank you very much uh for for coming and joining me for this uh it was great having you on thank you for having me um absolutely and we will have you back soon yes because you and jam one of our listeners there you go i I spoiled it uh are gonna be coming back in two weeks for the silent hill resident evil bounce off cast one that i'm sure will go down to the wire yet again i'm sure um (laughs) Do you want to tell people where to find you on Twitter? You can find me at Tears of a Feather. Follow me away. I'll, I'll follow back. All right. Excellent. Yes, and he's he's good to follow. Uh, he uh, he responds back, as do I. So, uh, um, And uh, you can find me at GamingHistory101.com. This show is live every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come join us. Get in the chat. Have some fun. And uh, next week, we're going to be doing an interesting one. It's a Gaming History X where we'll be talking about the Steam Machine. Is it going to change the universe and get console gamers to switch to PCs? Or is it just another, um, you know, failed attempt to get PC players to go console? Um, We'll be discussing that with some PC people. Uh, It'll be a shorter episode, though, because I have an appointment that night. So just so people know. 
Um, but long story short, that's about it. I'm going to wrap it up. I would have loved to put on a metal song, but I'm sure VGO would prefer me to just wrap it up. So I want to thank various people for coming out. First of all, I definitely want to thank you, Alan, for coming out. Um, I want to thank Finian for making an appearance. I want to thank everybody else in the chat. Um, thank you, TC. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, All Games. And until next week, keep gaming, and we'll see you guys later. Peace out. Bye-bye.